Voice acting is a profession that requires versatility, talent, and perseverance. During the pandemic, I took my own shot at breaking into the competitive voiceover industry and struggled immensely. So today, I'll be getting the lowdown from an experienced voice actress one-to-one. -one. Get comfy, settle down, and let's learn some things. Hello. 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 Okay, beautiful. Um, I realized that while I was getting stuff figured out, Logitech decided to completely blow out my camera in Discord, but it's cool. I fixed it up. Uh, welcome. <laughs> How's it going, Dallas? Mm. I'm doing all right. I'm boiling hot. Good. I just good. closed the window to make sure everything is as crisp as can be, and so I am dying. I'm dying a death, <laughs> but we'll get through oh, it. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so, I believe in you. Yeah, Lots welcome of to the show, everybody, and of course, welcome to Dallas, Dallas McKenzie, voice actress and Canadian. I hope I got mm -hmm. that right. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so uh, I, I just mentioned in the intro, but uh, once upon a time, I did try and shoot my shot in voice acting, and it didn't go great. So mm. pretty much since then, and I think I've kind of been in touch with you on and off since then, even when I was trying to get through, like kind of asking you questions here or there. Uh, but I've kind of been, I've wanted, wanted to talk to you about it because you, you sort of, I guess, persevered a little, a little more strongly than I ever did um, and have, have managed to kind of break through in some way, land some gigs and sort of keep it going mm -hmm. and, and have a good time with it. So yeah, I've, I'd love to, to just sort of have you on and sit down and here we are. So yeah, how are you doing today? Good, good. It's been a busy day. My dog's been a little bit sick, but he's been feeling better this morning, so things are good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. He's sleeping well, beside me right now, so we'll see if he dog? makes any noise. And he's like this big uh, German Shepherd mix. He's a rescue, so we don't really know, but he's a, a good guy. Little fun fact, just to start stuff off. There was a period where in the UK we called German Shepherds Alsatians to get away from Ooh. the association with Germany because of the war. So there's a little fun, oh. <laughs> fun fact for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I guess to start things off, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, uh, anything you want to talk about in particular, just so we get to know you a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Dallas. Uh, I'm a voice actress, a D&D &D enthusiast, um, general nerd. Um, I, uh, you know, yeah, I've been voice acting four-ish years now. Um, it is a side hustle of mine. I do work a full-time job outside of voice acting, um, but it's a thing that I would love to transition into doing full-time. And uh, I've, you know, I've done some cool stuff and. I continue to get cool work and get to talk to cool people. So I'm really excited, yeah, to talk to you about this. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited as well. I know, like, <clears throat> definitely voice acting is, is the, the primary focus of this, to, to whatever degree that I can, you know, keep coming up with questions. Uh, but <laughs> you never know, like the last guest I had on, we were <clears throat> kind of supposed to be talking about escape rooms because uh, he's a friend of mine, he works in an escape room, uh, so but cool. also, at this escape room, they do whiskey tastings and things like that. And we basically der derailed the whole thing. And we're talking about whiskey for like 90% of the show. So you, you never know where this could end up because uh, oh. I also have like kind of a weird interest in, in Canada. Uh, there was a point in my life that I was genuinely trying to move there for probably, it was a long process. And I got right up to the point that I needed like 
biometric information and stuff, and I had no idea how to get a hold of it. And I, I you know, I spent money on the process of moving over there and ended up not. So um, I, I figured it would be easier to move there because of the whole like queen thing. Like you guys still kind of there's right. some there's some sort of better relations there than anywhere else. But yeah, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with. Uh, a YouTuber called JJ McCulloch, but he's a, like a Canadian political commentator. So I have cool. this weird, like, I spent a long time watching JJ McCulloch videos, and so yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of sort of Canadian interest there too. So we we might have to we might have to breach like poutine, for example. Like you never know. We'll oh. we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I'll bring my but, fiance on. He's a Quebecois. He has oh, no. strong opinions on poutine. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's funny uh, because as uh, the again, I, the whole reason I set up the show is because I like learning random things, right? Like, that's the whole point of the show. So I have all of these tiny tidbits of of information floating around. You're a nerd. You're 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 interested in video games and stuff. So do you know why so many gaming studios are set up in Montreal? Um, honestly, I don't, and it feels like a weird thing to me. Do you, so, sorry, do you know the answer? I'm, Are you gonna I'm tell about me? to tell you, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, okay, good. Not only relative to basically the rest of North America, they pay game developers the lowest. Um, oh, great. It's about $70,000 a year, which is nothing to sniff at, but just like by comparison, I think some, yeah. of, the, some of the other cities are like Austin, it's like 100000 or something like that. But not only that, I think Quebec specifically gives huge tax breaks to companies and that hire game developers there. So like, they own, not only do they pay the developers the least, they also get like a forty percent or fifty percent tax break on the salaries that they pay mm. game developers. So if you ever wondered why there are so many studios set up or setting up in Montreal, there you go. So very interesting. All right, so um. I mean, let's, let's let's talk about voice acting. So what was your, I guess, at what point, because you said you've been doing it for four years, at what point, Yeah. I guess, what inspired you to kind of take up the, the microphone and, and jump into it? Yeah, um, I, I was always into performance. I went to a performing arts high school. I was very into like theater and acting and stuff growing up. Um, and yeah, just like when I went to university, I kind of strayed away from it a little bit. I went into computational arts in university, which is fully not a job, first of all. Um, what is computational arts? What does that even mean? Mm, it means you program, but instead of programming useful stuff, you make art. <laughs> so like our final project, I know exactly the most, literally no one will pay you to do this, okay. <laughs> but uh, like our final project, we, um, we, we interviewed a bunch of people and we asked them to tell us emotional stories about their lives and we hooked them up to biometric sensors. So we were recording like their like the saltiness of their sweat and their heart rate. And then we had like, um, like uh, what are they called? Uh, people were tracking their own like emotional responses. And we took all of that data and we converted it into RGB values and we made these big light sculptures and the lights the colors of the lights on the sculptures represented the the emotions of the person telling the story. It was to bring to light the stories you keep that inside. That does sound kind of cool. Like, I'll be honest. It was very cool. That it was actually cool. super cool. I loved the program, but boy, will uh, not a single person pay you to do that. <laughs> I mean, is there is there like, I assume there's a lot of uh, computer science to it to some degree, yeah. like coding and things like that. So I'm sure there's some useful stuff to be gained from it. 
Yeah. And I mean, I do still program a little bit in my like nine to five. Um, computational arts is not the future of contemporary arts as we know it. I, I think you could be like an independent artist. Like yeah. I think if you were like, I'm going to just create my own art, I think you could do that. But I, there's really no reason to hire someone with like an arts background. Like if you're doing like an advertising campaign yeah. or something versus like just an actual programmer who actually knows what they're doing. Like we so like half-ass learned programming. <laughs> it's like really, you should just hire someone who actually has a comp sci degree. I'm, I'm trying to think of any example of like where I might have seen this, but I feel like the fact that I don't even recognize the idea. Uh, the closest yeah. I can imagine is someone, and this uh, this is pretty far removed, but the closest thing that I can imagine and the first thing that came to mind um, was someone who had a Christmas tree and programmed the lights on the Christmas tree, the LEDs, to essentially act as pixels from a monitor yeah. so that videos would play on it in some way. But oh, it, okay. it was obviously really low revolution, resolution because it's only like <laughs> yeah. 200 lights or something. But you could see kind of stuff going on with the lights. But yeah, that's... I don't know. I don't know. That's, well, anyway. That's computational arts. Yeah, that counts. Right. <laughs> it, it was expressive. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, people sent in things, patterns that would play on it and stuff like that. Um, so I've you seen went from like that, yeah. some computational art right. to... That to was, we were in the middle of a story, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, so I was doing kind of art in university, but it wasn't performative art. Um, but I did do, I was in show choir in university, so I still, you know, I got to perform a little bit. Um, you can ask me what show choir is. I'm going to ask what show choir is, yeah. <laughs> you know Glee? Yeah. The TV show, that's show choir. So it's like you sing... Uh, you like sing and you dance, but it's all like songs that already exist. It's never original music. Right. And you like have choreography and there's no real story. It's just like a collection of like song and dance numbers. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a performing art. It's singing. Focus, oh, for sure. But yeah. For I mean, sure. Okay. I, yeah. It's like, it's just, it's like musical theater, but only the song bits. <laughs> Which, to be without fair, without the story. Yeah, I, I could, I could live with that. I feel like, I'm not a big musical theater guy. Mm. I do like theater, but musical theater, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But, I'm a big musical theater fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I went to a few of my time when I was in, not even high. Well, no, I guess when I was in high school, I was, I was a theater kid. So yeah, I, I did my fair share, and then like we would put on a production of like shit we we will rock you was one okay that's the only one i can remember when i was way younger we did like joseph and his technicolor dream coat when i was in like primary school and stuff like that but oh and oliver of course a staple oh, of course and then when, i haven't done any of we, these shows whenever we did these things we got the opportunity to then go and see one of the shows as like a school field trip so that was pretty cool um but uh yeah i, I don't know I, I i i'm not a big musical theater guy nowadays that's mm -hmm. I don't know. It's fair. It's fair. I, got, I, got, I think it I got takes put a... To, I got put on to like regular theater instead because I remember we saw a production of Blood Brothers, which is like really, really cool. And for some reason, I'll remember this forever, but there was a guy... I don't remember any of the names of the characters in Blood Brothers, but one of them, and I'm assuming one of the brothers, the actor did this thing. He lay on his back and he spit straight up in the air and it came down to hit him in the face like perfectly i don't know how <laughs> but i will remember that forever 
So years of rehearsal. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> nights know. Nights and nights I, of I, practicing I can't even that. Remember the purpose. He was like this, like I guess, like sort of ragtag, like silly. I don't know, man. But I just remember him lying on his back and managing to spit in his own face. And you could see cool. it in the lights just fly up into the air. Anyway, so, <laughs> show choir. Show choir. <laughs> show choir. Uh, so I did show choir for years throughout university. So again, I was still like kind of performing. Um, and then when I graduated university, um, I just fully sold out and went into corporate life. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And yeah, and so for like probably five years out of university, I was just doing business, you know, and it was fine. Um, but I really missed performing. And I was trying to figure out like how to get back into it, but it's really hard like as an adult who works a nine to five job, it's hard to like, you can't like really like join a show because you need to be like super available for like tech weeks and rehearsals and the show yeah. itself, right? And so it's just like, I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I was trying to find like show choirs, but they only exist for kids or you can do like, I guess adult choirs, but it's not the same. It was yeah. really, I was really struggling to like find a, a like performative release as an yeah, adult an it's tricky yeah um and then I mean, honestly this is the weirdest part of the story but i was watching a um game theory video you know matt pat on youtube yeah. so i was watching a game theory video at one point i think it was i think it was probably a five nights at freddy's one but he was just like talking about he was like oh here was the casting call for this character uh, for like the voice actor for this character and they, like he was going through the description of it and it just clicked in my brain in that moment where i was like Oh, there are like online casting calls for voice right. acting. Yeah. Hold on a minute. And so then I started kind of like looking into it and I realized that it's it's a thing you can do from home. Um, and it's much more flexible form of acting. Yeah. Um, you know, I can work a nine to five job and then I can come home and I can record a couple auditions or record work if I have it, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so that's that's really like what triggered it. And then... Uh, I mean, I, it was a huge learning curve because, like, like, you know, I think if you go to, like, theater school, uh, I, I mean, I didn't, so I don't know, but I would like to imagine that they set you up for, like, getting into the business. Yeah. At least I've a little bit. Agents <laughs> or some shit, or they teach you, like, at least the ropes of getting introduced to those sorts of people who are yeah. going to figure those things out for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I had, I had none of it, so it was all just, like... Mm, like discord servers are huge for learning uh yeah. there's some great discord servers out there like twitter um i remember one of the first things i did is i think i bought like a udemy course which i don't know was like the right first move but i think that's where i started and she at least like explained like here are some like microphones at different price points and like here's what a casting call will look like and you at least like got right. a little bit of that but it was very much just um playing it by ear and trying to figure out what worked and what didn't <laughs> yeah i feel like i kind of went through the same thing i i remember i remember a lot of subreddits there was like four or five different subreddits that like voice work and voice acting and pro there's probably a voiceover casting calls or something like that um but there's just what i what i what i saw right away is that there was a lot of people like me and then not many people, or at least not a lot of very serious casting calls. And then, of course, when there were, there's the demand, or, or rather the supply was a lot greater than the demand. And yeah. uh, that 
that was intimidating to say the least because i mean i felt confident in my own abilities specifically at least my own abilities to record that was like you know it's that that was what i majored in and i figured out oh yeah i can do that side of things so maybe that's how i kind of stand out a little bit but it, it was very intimidating just the volume of people especially because of the pandemic and stuff that people who were just kind of giving it a shot so i guess when you were first starting out did you did you find that intimidating or was it motivating or sort of how did you get through that hmm interesting um i guess i i feel like i'm fairly good at <laughs> i don't know ignoring other people right. just like i'm doing my own thing yeah um I mean, in most cases, I feel like you don't necessarily know how many other people are auditioning for a thing. Right. It depends on where you're going. There's um, there's this website called Casting Hall Club, which is like not a great website, but a place I that I, I do recommend people start. I think I yeah. I might have told you if you were asking me. I think you might because have. I think it's I think it's a great place for people to start, uh, especially if you're like I don't know if I even really like this thing because it's free. Um, and there are a billion projects on there. Um, they're not good most of the time, um, but they are at least like a way to practice. Like they're like, here's a plethora of characters, and you're like, I'm just gonna record for all these characters. Yeah, and you see, just like, auditions. What kind of voices can I make? Yeah. You know, it's a great way to just like try stuff. Um, and I've looked. I don't know. I've booked a couple of things off of there that were fine. Um, I think I've. I think I've made money from Casting Call Club. I don't remember. I remember. Um, I remember when I first signed up, kind of picking out highlights of uh, some of the more ridiculous things that I saw on there. <laughs> you definitely have to parse because, through it a yeah, little bit. Because yeah, it's it's like you said, Casting Call Club is great, especially when you're starting out, because it gives you an idea of like I guess you can kind of get used to your own process at that point, because it really mm -hmm. is just billions of projects that you can just hit submit audition and you you can just record stuff there and then and pretty much send it in and so yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of good ones on there a lot of like a lot of small youtube channels and things or i saw a lot of minecraft stuff oh, yeah. i don't remember exactly but i think like minecraft cinema or minecraft machinima or or whatever like which it was surprising the comic dubs I didn't. Yeah. I, I don't think I saw. Oh, maybe I did. Or like manga dubs or translations and stuff like that. Um, yeah, boy, a lot of Minecraft stuff. <laughs> Possibly even Roblox stuff. But it's that, huge. It's 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 a it's a uh, a no man's land of just like every project yeah. you could possibly think of with. And uh, of course, there's a you can look for paid projects and. Again, like the people who are sort of serving for uh, sincere auditions and stuff are going to be th those paid projects are going to be in high demand. And I think you can see in some cases other people's auditions and listen to them. Which That's what I was going to say is the yeah. unique thing about Casting Call Club. Yeah, yeah, which in some cases kind of gave me hope <laughs> because I was like, hey, I sound pretty good compared to some of these. Mm -hmm. Not to talk shit on anyone. They're all, you know, you got to respect the hustle. But I, you know, I, I, I felt pretty good about that. But yeah, there's, there was a lot of people going for the, like anything. It was five bucks, dude. If you believe there'll be people fighting for the last cent on that thing. Um, yes. So yeah. do you have any really uh, memorable projects for any reason from like very early on? Um, I mean, 
mean, honestly, I've never been in like a terrible project. If that's okay, what you're trying yeah. to ask me, I don't think well, I've no, ever been I, in one where I've been like, oh, this is would be memorable. Really I don't want to say you want to, you know, shit on some project that was like really terrible. I, I, I would be open to that, you know, if we don't name any names, <laughs> you but you know, <clears throat> but no, I just want to know, like, did any stand out to you? I guess when early on. Yeah, like, like a lot of them. I remember like the first thing I ever booked. Um, I truly, I, I'm not sure I would ever want to go back and listen to this now, but at the time it was very exciting. It was this guy who was, um, he, I mean, he just wrote like short stories and he would like hire the actors to, I don't think we were paid. I'm pretty sure it was an unpaid project, but we would like read the dialogue for his short stories and he put them up on YouTube. But I, I believe he was a blind uh, person. So he, he liked to write and like have like these like auditory right, uh, okay. like versions of his stories. And I thought that was very fun. Um, I remember having a really good time reading those at the beginning. I, I think that was the very first thing I ever did. Yeah, and I imagine I'm, that was exciting as heck, right? I mean, getting into it because oh. it's the first thing you ever did, yeah, right? Like, yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, look, you can go on YouTube and you can find my voice. Right. Um, Wild. When did, you, when did you guys start up uh, Play Dicely? Like, when did that all sort of uh, come together? That was about a year ago that we started Dicely, that, that it first came out. Yeah. When did we start planning? That was like oh, two yeah. years ago. Okay. Right. <laughs> we started playing about a year ago. Um, and I don't, I mean, as, as I guess, like you mentioned earlier, you were kind of looking for some kind of creative outlet in that way. That's kind of what my D&D campaign came, became for me because it is it is kind of an acting experience. And like, it, you know, I... Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I loved acting through high school and everything. So it was, it was kind of an outlet to get an opportunity to do that. And it's good practice, right? I imagine, I mean, you play a character um and i do yeah right <laughs> i mean that's how D D works right um but yeah it's 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 i guess good good acting experience to some degree so i mean i i, I guess did you guys know each other outside i don't know if this has anything to do with, with the voice acting experience or anything like that i guess that's what i'm asking sure absolutely i mean i yeah i mean dicely is one of like my i, I don't tell the others dice is <laughs> one of my favorite things i work on <laughs> Uh, I know uh, Michael, creator of Storm Chasers, is in the chat as well. So oh, you know, no. I can't I can't play favorites here. But, I won't tell him. Uh, you know, Dicely is one of the greatest things I've ever done with my life. Um, yeah, no, we all knew each other. Uh, mostly, my mostly, Denny knew all of us. Yeah, uh, pulled the strings and then kind of brought us all together. Yeah, a couple of them. Oh no, they're fighting in chat. <laughs> uh, uh, I love you both. <laughs> um. No, I they're 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 all really great uh, people. No, so sorry, but Dicely, um, yeah, no, and I think it, I do think of it as a as a voice voiceover thing. I very specifically, it's one of the only times I've ever picked a D and D character based on the voice that I thought I could do for them. Most of the okay. time, you know, when I'm playing D and D, some of, some of my characters I do like proper voices for, but with Dicely because I knew we were streaming it and it was gonna be, and streaming you must know this as well. Streaming D and D is way different than just like playing in a home game. I have never had Super the opportunity to play in person. I've only ever played D and D online. Yeah. <laughs> what? I know. Are you I know. Serious? Yeah, because I only started playing D and D like there was a sort of a campaign that we had before Dungeon Select. That was the first time I ever played. Yeah. And that was when I was in uni and it was still, it was with, uh, it was with Dutch and like a few of our mutual friends and Dutch was the DM. So that, yeah, the only times I've ever played D&D &D has been online. That's, that's how I learned D&D &D and everything. 
that's wild it's brutal um, it's brutal yeah. <laughs> that's insane uh it's very different in my experience playing a home game versus like, yeah i can streaming imagine it. i mean i've I, i've watched like critical role for example and they, they i know it's in a studio but of course it's all in person and they have their massive table and they're all they get to interact with each other in character in person mm. and everything um and i think i honestly i think everyone who is in the cast of dungeon selects is like praying that one day we can at least get a session in the same room because that would be amazing that'd be right? so nice yeah i know but i know yeah, the dice lake crew has never played the whole crew hasn't played in person together yeah. before i love to when did you stop playing D? uh i started playing um i played for the first time in my first year of university so 10 years ago right and um, was it still fifth edition ten years ago? I actually have no idea. No, we pl we started with four. I, I started playing four. We um yeah we played like I don't know not very many sessions in four and then we switched over to five e. Did you? What class did you play? First character. Uh, a rogue. Really? I don't know if that's actually what the class was in four, but I remember a, a rogue esque type character, and I remember that she had the ability to tumble. <laughs> four was slightly different he was like i can't remember but i had the tumbling feet i think in four and i just rolled around the whole time i, I, I just remember most, tumbling around the battlefield <laughs> i played the most cookie cutter half orc fighter in my first campaign yeah. but i still love that character so much to this day and like <laughs> there have been there was this strange thing when we started out dungeon select where we had this other campaign at the same time that was not streamed but it was in the same universe and so there were points where like somehow they kind of crisscrossed and so now i know even into campaign two because again it's the same world that dulgrum my first ever DD character is somewhere in that world and that makes me very happy knowing he's uh, there. yeah i love that it's it's so good i don't know it I, I I think I messed around well. It sort of campaign one. I played a bard, full spellcaster, very like eccentric, and four different personas because he was a changeling, and it was a whole undertaking. But I think, especially now, I play a ranger. I'm like I think I prefer the simplicity of a of like the martial classes to some degree. But Dogram will I live on you. in my heart forever. Um, <laughs> so so. Alongside Dicely, you've been sort of working, like you said, sort of side hustle, sort of, you know, um, working on, on voice acting stuff. And I guess, I mean, I guess hustle is, is the word because you've got to record a lot of auditions, right? I mean, pretty much, I mean, like how many on average do you record in a week? Because it's constant, I guess, like not constant, but. Yeah, uh, it very much varies depending on the week. Um, yeah. It's tricky, you know, I do a lot of things in my life. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can get like 30 auditions done in a week. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with that. Jesus. <laughs> but I, that's not really a very good number. I think you should really be doing more like 30 You think that's too low? You... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a, such a numbers game. Because there's a billion and a half reasons why they wouldn't hire you, right? Yeah. And so you just have to, like, grind it out as much as you can. Have you done any to, like, to try to weird get one. voices for, I mean, like, weird, like, oh, I don't even know how to explain. Like, what's you've done some really out there voices for auditions, I assume. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you do whatever you whatever you can. Well, like, do, um, you, do you have a go-to? Like, what sort of auditions do you seek out when you're, or do, are you just throwing it, throwing an audition at everything you can find? <laughs> Yeah. Up the wall. Whatever um, sticks. A little bit of that. Um, I mean, I have a, a niche in children's voices. I do a lot of kids' voices. So anytime I see an audition that is looking for like little boys or little girls, I'm like, here we are. This is mine. I will take this, please. Like Bart um, Simpson kind of shit. Oh, uh, dreams. Yeah. I, that. I mean, I can't imagine how. I must have been young when I figured it out that like Ash Ketchum and like. Bart Simpson were voiced by women, and I was like, what? Most little boys are, They yeah. aren't just boys? <laughs> Which makes sense, because kids suck at acting 99% <laughs> of the time. But uh, well, that, yeah, there is a big, a there's a big shift in the industry to move towards more authentic voices as well. Um, right. And so it is actually, it's kind of a thing that they, I think they are kind of phasing out using adults to do kids' voices in a That's lot of cases weird, as well. I mean... You'd think, you'd think, especially the way in the movie industry, like child actors often, it, it's not a good story a lot yeah. of the time, you know what I mean? And how, I mean, you've got to deal with those pesky labor laws and stuff. You'd think that they would be going the opposite way. Um, although I guess a in film, bit. it's a little more different to have an adult play a kid. Oh, um, it yeah, I don't know. It's I, I think in voice acting it makes more sense. And and now you mention it. So I just got done playing Disco Elysium, which mm. if anyone out there hasn't played, has some amazing voice acting. And I mean, there's a lot of voice acting in that game, so it's not all gonna be perfect. Um but I'm pretty sure that the children voiced in Disco Elysium are voiced by children, because there's just there's something to it where it's I, I think you can kind of tell a lot of the time, like whether it's a kid or not. And I, I guess that makes sense. I guess that speaks to, to what you're saying about them trying to move towards, or I guess away from using adults to voice children. Because you can kind of tell. Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess if a kid wants the opportunity, then why not, right? Well, and I think it is uh, like a slightly less, um, like completely overwhelming situation as well, yeah. where you can bring a kid into a studio and it can be like a kid and his mom in exactly, a studio exactly, and recording yeah. with just a director like versus like you know in a On movie a set, or for example yeah. set where there's a billion people around you know it can be a much more low-key thing to do voice work with kids so have you and basically you can take longer for all of your voice work so far it's all been done from home uh yes yeah i recorded demos in studio oh that's cool those, that's, I've, was that fun? I've never recorded it was fun I would love to record more from studios. I even yeah. I did work the other day with um, a Toronto-based um, video game company, and I was like, "Bring me into a studio! Bring me into a studio!" It it's didn't happen. We recorded from home. <laughs> because, like, I mean, and this is twenty years ago now, so uh, the, everything looked completely different to how it does today. But when you when you listen to like matt mercer and stuff talk about his first experiences i swear he was like flown out to china or something for like some of his first gigs you know like because you just it's a completely different industry now and like i mean i'm yes. sitting here with a freaking 400 microphone and you you most likely are as well and it's like you can do this shit from home now way easier than than it was you know 20 years ago but well yeah just the connectivity of it there's so right. many systems now that let you 
you know, digitally like call into yeah. something like this. I've done a million yeah, right. like live directed sessions exactly like this. A million. Oh, <laughs> I've done a good number. Like live yeah, where you call in and you it generally not on Discord. I have a lot of them on Zoom. <laughs> right. But uh, you know, I, I, I hit yeah, record on my I, end I and even, we just I hadn't even considered that actually. In my head it was like either sitting alone and just recording a bunch of takes or in a studio. I hadn't even considered like the live call and directed things. That's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, no, I've had calls with like a whole like production team oh, and you're just like oh, look me at you and a bunch of people. And you're like, well, it's very intimidating. Are you in any video games? That's the real question. Uh, yes. Oh. Um, noth nothing huge. There's, a, a, you know, again, not huge, but there's one coming out that is like a slightly bigger deal. And okay. I don't know if I can tell people about it oh. yet because it's not out yet. That's when you know it's but... a big deal. When there's like NDAs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like general rule of thumb is like, don't talk about stuff until it's out. Because also yeah. you can be cut from it. <laughs> oh, shit. So, you don't, don't tell people. Yeah, okay, don't tell no, people we'll until you're it. like, I oh, be, I am in it. I don't want to be held responsible for you getting cut from a video game a day before release or something. Um, or it, just, you know, like just things can happen creatively and like your character suddenly doesn't exist. You, just, like, oh, you, know, you, don't, yeah. you don't tell people you, about it until, until it's there. What's your dream sort of spot? Like what's your dream job? Uh, as uh, far as voice acting goes, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, video games are huge. I would love to do like a, like a Last of Us, you know, would be yeah. insane. In insane. spite of the death threats? Well, you know, I guess so. I don't I mean, You're right. I, yeah. I haven't gotten to that point where I'm like, talk to me. You yeah. See my, hear my voice and reach out to me. I'll take it. I don't, it doesn't uh, matter what it is. <laughs> that, that was a terrifying situation. I still uh, yeah, like. That's true. I, that whole thing, I mean, I don't, we won't get into it too much, but just that whole thing is just yeah, ridiculous. People, yeah. People be crazy. Um, um, yeah, that or there's like, um, Canada produces some very fun cartoons. Uh, I, I don't know if other people know about them, but I grew up with like shows like Total Drama Island and 16, which were like pivotal things in my childhood. I loved so much. I actually, I did a camp or i did a workshop with one of the women who voiced in 16 oh that's cool fully canadiana cartoons no one's gonna know this show I have, you know i've never uh, heard of these things but i am definitely gonna no, look them up as i'm soon pretty as sure can. i'm pretty sure the the mall 16 is in is in uh mississauga so it's like not a, shout sorry, out mississauga I'm, let's go here's canadian canadiana for you uh but it's it's a yeah big shows and i yes i was i died working with uh with her so it was very cool. Oh, maybe so, it's Edmonton. I don't know. Weird Canadian TV shows and video games is is the goal. That's the. the peak I would of the love to do. I would love to do niche Canadian cartoons. That's exactly what I want to do. Oh, man, see when I think of when I think of niche British things that would be like really fun to voice act in. Have you ever heard of Thunderbirds? No. There was this weird thing. There were two shows in the UK that were puppets, but they weren't like not like Muppets. They were, oh, what do you call them? They're, well, they're like little, not marionettes, but maybe? They're these okay. little wooden puppets, kind of, and they have, so the Thunderbirds, they're like, I think they fought crime. And so they had these like crazy machines that were called like, I think like Thunderbird 1. Thunderbird 2, like, all the way up to, like, 10 or something. And one was a submarine, and one was a rocket ship. But, yeah, they were puppets. It was weird as heck. In fact, have you seen, um... 
the thing that Trey Parker and uh, the other South Park guy did, uh, Team America, World Police. No, oh, I, I know, I know of it. I've never it, seen it, it. It's very similar to that, and yeah. So there were these okay. two shows in the UK that I feel like like no one else would do it, it, exactly that same sort of thing, where it's like weird niche British programming of of weird crime fighting puppets in huge in like, <laughs> and I would love to be on something like that if I could be. If I could remember a single character's name, but if I could be if I could be on the cast of Thunderbirds, dude, that'd be so cool. I don't even think it's a thing anymore. And if it is, it's probably mm. been turned into some horrible three D animation. Have you seen like they keep doing that SpongeBob and stuff? Yes. I, what I is only that? recently caught wind of this, and I was I don't even know. I was just angry. I saw this this I guess a spinoff of SpongeBob called Camp Coral. Mm-hmm. Right. And oh my lord, even the canon is incorrect. Like the con continuity is ruined. Oh, uh, no. The like, there's episodes where Mr. Krabs meets Mrs. Puff, but Camp Coral is a is a prequel, I guess. It's a spinoff that happens before the main show, and it's canon in SpongeBob that Mr. Krabs meets not Mrs. Puff. No, maybe it is Mrs. Puff. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the, the driving all instructor. The continuity is all out of out of out of whack, and uh, and it just looks soulless, man. I don't know what happened to kids' cartoons. I don't know. They keep doing. I, like, is three D animation easier? I guess maybe it is. I imagine it's. I imagine it's I cheaper, know. and you can only imagine yeah. because, like, okay, first season of SpongeBob was hand drawn, right? And so, sure, you're, you're hand drawing a lot of stuff. And then if you make it 3D, you just have a 3D model that you already have created, and you just mm. put it into a 3D set that you already have and create have created, and then you just animate it and then put words to it. So I guess it is yeah, I guess it's easier and cheaper. But it just it does just seem a little soulless, you know? I feel bad for all yeah. the kids out there. Adventure time is holding it down. I think to this day. Is that but, show still going on? I, I don't know. All I know is that Adventure Time was after my era of watching kids' cartoons, yeah. but carried the the baton well for like good, entertaining kids programming because it was it's something that even as an adult I could enjoy. And I think that I think that SpongeBob I would say the same. I don't really know. Maybe maybe it's just nostalgia saying that, but I think I could enjoy SpongeBob as a, as an adult if I saw it for the first time. Season one, yeah. freaking uh, hydrodynamic spatula with port and starboard attachments and all that shit. I fucking love SpongeBob, man. I'm sorry. It's been a long time since I've seen SpongeBob, the, but I watched a lot of it when I was younger. There's this one scene that has lived rent free in my head for like the last month. And it is just Patrick looking livid. And Sp SpongeBob asks him what's wrong. And he says, I'm mad. SpongeBob asks why. And he just says, I can't see my forehead. <laughs> and it, I don't know why, but that has been in my brain for weeks. Okay, I I have no idea why, but it's it's genius. SpongeBob is genius. And uh, it's been ruined, unfortunately. Uh, so, so anyway, um, what's your setup like? For recording at home. Yeah. Let's get into uh, the nitty gritty because I'm a nerd. I'm oh, audio engineering oh, nerd yeah. and I love this shit. Oh no, you're not gonna like my <laughs> no. uh, I I'm not an audio. This is one of this has been the hardest part of getting into voice acting was figuring out the technical audio stuff because it's wild. There's a lot to it. Turns out. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I had a very naive uh, thought like going into it where I was like, well, you know, like I know like video editing. I'm a technical person. I can yeah. do this. It's nothing like anything I'd ever done before. Like trying to figure out like EQ and all that shenanigans. No idea. Uh, anyways, my setup. <laughs> uh, uh, I, so I have like an unfinished basement downstairs. Uh, and so I've taken many many moving blankets i don't know how many are there and nailed them to the ceiling to mm -hmm. create a like sound dampening booth it's about three layers thick but it's like at the tops and all the sides um and so that's the the booth and it works pretty well you know i've yeah. recorded you know i've recorded pretty good stuff out of there uh it's not sound proof though which is the problem but it works well enough as long as uh my upstairs neighbors aren't doing laundry yeah see uh, i think i think a lot of people run into that issue like these things are not soundproofing Ugh. in the slightest no no they don't they don't stop sound going through walls they mostly are supposed to stop it reflecting off them right so yeah in fact in some cases i think they can make it worse because they absorb the sound essentially into your wall rather than bouncing it back but yeah i mean it's the, the quality of the voice is more important than anything else right who cares about the neighbors <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think they can hear me. It's just that, yeah, we share this building, mm. this house with people upstairs. And so, like, if they're showering or running their laundry, oh, right. the pipes yeah, yeah, yeah. go, like, right above me. And so it ruins every take I do. So it's like they turn on the washing machine. And I'm like, well, we're done for today, turns out. Guess oh, I'm, not, guess I'm yeah. not recording anymore. It's funny, you, uh, it's funny you say that because I just heard, a hot, for some reason, like, the hot water pipes in my house emit this like perfect sine wave whenever there whenever there's a hot water running through them and i just heard it so it was perfect timing yeah so, yeah the joy of, side of recording things. from home uh a neumann tlm 103 is my microphone it goes through a ssl 2 plus uh back into the computer i use reaper as my DAW of okay. choice all right respect is that a solid setup <laughs> Tell, actually, tell me I'm doing good. I mean, it sounds fine to me. I I mean, I I don't know. I don't know Neumann mics at all. So, I mean, mm. it sounds good and it's working out. So if it works, it works, right? I'm not about it. I, I can't judge. I think I, I tried Reaper for a little while um, way back. So it's probably completely different now. But I still use their free uh, VSTs because they have like mm. a whole range of free VSTs and I mean, I love free audio software, so I'm not going to say no. So I have them. I I have them installed right now, and I think you can use them in OBS as well. So um, when I use a compressor in OBS, I think I use the free Reaper one as well, which is nice. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, I've been through. I've been through a lot of different doors because when I was in. Um, God, this is like the dumbest. Who cares, man? But anyway, <laughs> no, when no, I, was, I care. When I was in college, we used Macs, right? So we had to mm -hmm. use. Um, actually, no. I was gonna say we had to use Logic, but we didn't use Logic. We used Pro Tools. And okay. then when I was in university, that was when we had to use Logic because of the Macs. And then, I, so I had to move over from Pro Tools to Logic. But at home, I couldn't use Logic because I have a Windows PC. So I got Studio One on my PC because that's the one that everyone loves. There was like this this mm. top five 
digital audio workstations of 2017 or something. And Studio One was the best one and no one had ever heard of it. So I caught Studio One and I use that to this day. And it's, uh, it serves me well. There's like one specific thing that Studio One does that other doors don't. And it's that you can put effects onto individual clips of audio if you want. You can do that in Reaper. Well, right. So, um, we, but when I think when I first got it, that was the thing they touted as being mm. the special thing, right? But yeah, rather than having to apply it to a track, you could take one clip of audio and put like an EQ on it if there was like a weird bass or something like that. But yeah, they're pretty much all the same. I mean, the, other than other than Ableton Live, which is a nightmare. Uh, Never even heard of it. Yeah, Ableton is like really good for ele electronic music producers. It is good for like sampling and synthesizers and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of electronic music producers use it. I'm sure there are people who use it outside of that scope, but for the most part, it's very intimidating and it's just a big gray box. <laughs> like it is so, I don't know, looking at it is just like, ooh, everything is gray and weird and I hate it. But I had to use it, I had to use it at one point, of course. Um, but yeah, so they, hmm. there you go. There's my door track record. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did... Audition is the other one I hear people use all the time. Yeah, I think in that line of work, especially, that's something that uh, like Adobe Audition is kind of made for that sort of thing. Because Adobe love that that shit, right? Like they have Lightroom and uh, Premiere and like, of course, they, you know, they'll have a one that's... I guess better suited to that sort of thing. I don't know if people use it for music production. Probably. Why wouldn't they? Mm. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I've, I have this microphone is the pride of pride and joy of my life at the moment. I'm sure SM7B, um, which is like industry standard for pretty much everything nowadays. Um, I used to think. Well, I used to like aim for this microphone because I knew how good it was. But then every streamer got one. Like every big streamer now has an mm. SM7B and I'm like, I mean, I'm not gonna say no, but now I just look like I have it because I'm a streamer when that's not the case, right? I promise. Um, right. But I've used I've used the Focusrite Scarlet 2i2 for years now. And it's it's oh, actually old at this point. It's a, there's a new generation out and I kinda want a new one, but you know. In fact, Focusrite just released a podcast, a special podcast one. Can't remember what it's called. Oh. But I I entered a sweepstakes for it because you know why not. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah. so what <clears throat> you mentioned EQ and stuff was already intimidating. Uh, this was something that I wanted to talk about because I I wasn't sure whether things like processing were going to be down to you or down to the you would just record raw audio and send it. So. I, does that differ case to case, whether you have to do processing and stuff, or is that kind of all on your end? Yeah, um, I, especially like when I was first starting out, like the a lot of like the smaller projects, the people uh, don't know how to treat your right. audio very nicely. So figuring out how to like make your audio sound. So really, the reason that I do it is for auditioning. Is you want to send your like best foot forward in an audition, right? So. Yeah. I do have like an FX chain that I apply to my auditions that I go put out. Um, but then generally for like final projects, I send them raw right, audio. Okay. 
in most cases now. Um, yeah, back in the day, there would be people where if I was, especially if I was doing like series work with them, if I sent them raw audio the first time and then I heard the final thing and I was like, oh, you didn't, oh, no. you didn't do anything you to my voice. <laughs> oh, I'm going to just do it myself and send it to you. We'll try. There you go. Oh, um, but yeah, nowadays, I, 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 I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Someone else knows this much better than I do. So yeah, I mean, please. as long as it sounds good, that's, that's really all that matters. I mean, even there's there's a joke among like, you know, audio engineers and stuff of like, you sit there for 10 minutes tampering with a compressor and then realize that it, it wasn't even turned on the whole time. But you swear, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, a little bit more. Oh, it sounds better this way. Got to slow yeah. the release a little bit, you know, maybe, oh, change the knee. And then you realize that it's been bypassed for the entire 10 minutes you've been working on it. And, uh, nothing you were doing changed anything so yeah there's a lot of like i don't know there's a lot of subtlety in production but like if it sounds good it sounds good and especially like you said you've got an effects chain that you just kind of throw on because you like how it sounds right so you know yeah yeah it's it's very straightforward but it was the same kind it was the kind of thing where um i like i have friends who know what they're doing. Right. And it was a lot of like sending clips to them and being like, what what would you do to this? And then they would send me back an effects chain and I've never changed it. If it works, it works, right? I mean, <laughs> if there's, yeah, there's one, there's one thing that I know works better than anything else. It's just get someone else who knows better than you to do it for you. That's why- Make good like, friends. For, yeah, exactly. All the art for my channel and stuff. I was like, you know, people just give a shot at drawing their own emotes and stuff. And I was like, hell, nope. Uh, I know yeah. I know a lot of great artists and I'll just get, pay them to do it for me and uh, move on because I'm not even, I'm not even remotely capable of, of drawing, for example. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. just easier that way. Uh, so, okay. How did you come across Storm Chasers? Because I, I guess that's, that's kind of the, the main thing uh, going on right now in terms of voice work. And I've been listening to it's it. It's a big thing, yeah. Chat, you Aww. should listen to it. It's great. Storm Chasers <laughs> podcast, I think, is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember searching Storm Chasers and not finding it. Um, yeah, it turns out that's a common phrase, Storm yeah, Chasers. That's just usually, a thing people I'm do. I'm sure there's a lot of people <laughs> who actually chase storms. Uh, yeah. Just make a podcast out there. But yeah, Storm Chasers podcast. It's, um, yeah, how, how did you get started in that? How did you come across it? Uh, I think that was a Reddit one, I'm going to be honest. Okay. Um, you know, it comes from... Uh, you source auditions from anywhere you can. <laughs> Michael's like, our SEO is screwed because of it. Michael in chat is the, the writer-director of Storm Chasers hanging out here today. Oh, dude. Um, I mean, real quick, if, if he ever wants to come on, that would be great. I'm just putting it out there. There you go. That's some good uh, marketing. Yeah. No, Michael's done really... I think I bet he would be really interesting to talk to because I think he worked in film. I'm going to just talk for him. Oh, yeah, I think okay. he worked in film before this, but this is the first time I believe that he's ever done like audio, right? Uh, like a fully audio show. So I think... I bet he's got some very interesting like learnings and, and tips and tricks. Of, yeah, that'd be great. Of, uh, you know, gathering a cast and putting a thing together. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think... I believe it was Reddit that we found that I found Storm Chasers. And yeah, Michael just had a post. Um, uh, it sold me, you know, immediately. It was, it, this was meant to be because it was, I think in the like description of the show, it was like, oh, this is a show that was based off of a D&D &D campaign. It's about pirates. And uh, and I was, I, I really, I think right at the time was just wrapping up a pirate themed D&D &D campaign. <laughs> and I was like, 
this is my world. If I don't book this, I'll never book anything. (laughs) This is everything I know. Um, And so I I think that helped me get the role as well, because I for sure mentioned it in the the email when I sent it over. It was like, oh, yeah, I I also play a lot of D&D. I just got done playing a pirate for a little while, so, (laughs) I just was a pirate captain. I know what I'm doing. Uh, Yeah. And it's funny, the character I play uh, in Storm Chasers is a, it was based off of a swashbuckler rogue, which was what I was playing at the time. And I was like, oh, even better. Fully know you you this. already know the yeah. moveset. Like, exactly. So, um, sneak attack. So, yeah, there, there is a, I guess, well, Michael in chat is the, the, the writer, the director. Um, so, uh, do, yeah. do you get any sort of say in, like, do you, do you get any, like, What's the word like editorial sort of <laughs> say in this in this uh, show or no? You just kind of get the lines and poor Michael. Um, oh, okay. so here's the thing: is he <laughs> he put together this cast and he made us all friends. Uh, this this is like I've never worked on a show like Storm Chasers. Most of the time, like I you know we do a thing I get hired into a thing and I may never talk to the other actors like sometimes we'll record scenes together like rarely honestly but most of the time they're like here's the script just read your parts give them back to me or maybe I'll do a live directed session with the director um, and they'll read the other lines or they'll just be like oh like this is the vibe we want for this line or the you know um but Michael, uh, like, really brought the whole cast together. Every single episode we recorded as a group, all together, straight through. Like a live through. reading type thing. You're all in the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, every other Sunday for months, we would just get together for, like, six hours. <laughs> just, like, get through an episode a week. Or every other week, I think, is what we were doing. It's kind of, um, in that way, kind of like a scripted D&D campaign, I guess. If, yeah. 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 Um... But I think, you know, we got very comfortable with each other. I think, like, the first couple episodes, we stuck to the script. <laughs> and then uh, and then things really started to go out there. It was really, oh, Magnus no. uh, ruined it for everyone. He really started fully rewriting things. And then we're like, we can do that. And so then I think everyone started just, like, you know. I mean, I guess, uh, like, I, that's probably one of the better ways to do it anyway. Because as you fill those roles, especially considering you get to do it in that same space and you can take on those characters and i guess like an actor can contribute as much to the character as vice versa right so you know i guess when you're playing the role of a character your own to some degree your own personality is going to feed into it a little bit right and so you you kind of become uh, somewhat of a merger i guess uh, of of the two and so you you might you know you read the script or as the script is written, what might sound good, by the time you've done one session, the character's already undertaken a little bit of a different sort of color to what the the original script was, right? So it makes sense that you're kind of writing by committee, I guess, for want of a better word. Like, you can contribute that much and be like, oh, actually, maybe this character wouldn't say this in this situation or you know, something along those lines, uh, hopefully in a polite and not at all uh, <laughs> over Like your script way. sucks. <laughs> no. No, no. It was, it was generally quite small. What the fuck is small. this shit? <laughs> yeah. It's generally quite small stuff. It's like, you know, I think especially when you're like writing by yourself, like you have, you know, your own thing. But then when yeah, someone exactly. says it out loud, they, it just sounds different coming yeah. out of a mouth than it does just writing it down. So there are definitely little things that I changed. And I do this in a lot of shows, um, especially... You know, even if we're not doing a live directed session, 
I'll send in multiple takes for most stuff that I'm doing, and so a lot of times I'll do like a take where I ad lib a little bit more. Right, or like right. throw, if if I think it's if I think there might be something there, I'll ad lib a bit more, and then you do a take that is just like as written as well. So oh, if they man. hate what you've done, you give them what they what they originally wrote, but you can give yeah. them some like that other reminds options you something. as well. This is um, I don't have you ever watched Retin Link? Yeah. Okay. So they did a show. Like one of the first shows they ever did was this. Uh, it was like live, online nation or something like that. They did a, a an early two thousands clips show on TV that was essentially like uh, funniest home videos or whatever, but using YouTube clips like mm-hmm. way early. And they basically talked about how on that show they spent every night rewriting the scripts for their episodes um because they're whatever they were comedy guys and writers and so they they gave it a shot at rewriting them and they would go in and they would record the original script and then they would also record the script that they had rewritten but that was never ever used they basically just humored them on set which is just (laughs) hilarious because i feel like i would do the same thing when you read a line if it's like "Eh, this doesn't sound it sounds a little stilted or you know you could add a little bit of personality to it or something along those lines because like you said when you you know something that's written it might not translate to spoken word quite the same way. And so you can sort of riff on it a little bit or ad lib. And so it's like, I, I could just imagine you recording like you know, three takes and two of them are original and a little bit a little bit of liberty taken and then the original one. And just every time they just take what was written down because uh, the writer knows best or something to that effect. Yeah, it's so funny, like watching stuff that's come out and like every once in a while I'm listening to something and I'm like, I swear there was a better take than this one. This is really, this is what we went with. <laughs> Actually, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I guess sometimes it must be a time crunch thing, but uh, Disco Elysium, for example, there's like words here or there that are mispronounced and stuff like that. And you think oh, got, there must be a better take than that, but the the script is so dense in that game that it's like I I guess I can't blame them. I mean, it took them. It, there was an update to the game several months after its release that was the full voice acted update. Like up until that point, it was only limited sort of voice lines. So I guess in in some cases it's a time crunch thing or it's a budget thing, because I don't know. There's a lot involved, right, when it comes to. You know, you know, animation stuff. For example, you got to make the mouth fit the lines and things like that. And if you, if there's better takes or longer takes, you might, you might just not have the frames or something. But um, no, it's cool. It's cool that because yeah, like you said, it's it's inspired by a D and D campaign, Storm Chasers, and it feels that way. Like listening to it as well, it it like I said, it, it kind of feels like a scripted D and D game in some way. Just I guess without the dice rolls. So yeah, it's cool that you guys all get like a, that live reading kind of environment where you're all in the same room and get to sort of, or not the same room, but the same Zoom call, I assume, or something to that effect. And you all get to this sort of- This was on Discord. Yeah, oh yeah right. Um, <laughs> and you all get to actually feed off each other's energy and things like that, because I think that contributes a lot to the chemistry in any case. Right? Yeah. At the very least, you know, you, you can actually do the reading as you're responding to someone rather than just kind of getting the vibe from the director. Um, I mean, I, I imagine that's probably some of the most fun you've had uh, voice acting, right? I mean, it's it sounds like a dream project, right? Because, I mean, it's clearly a passion project. And, you know, like you said, everyone 
who's working on it is all friends now, which is not all that common, especially doing voice acting gigs from home. So it's super cool that, yeah. that that's kind of the process that that uh, you went through. So I don't know how many episodes there are now. How many episodes are there? Uh, six, I think, just right. came out of a 13-episode series. So, so you recorded all 13? Yeah, okay. ages ago. Right, okay, okay. So. Yeah, I think we finished recording in, like, February this year? Okay. January, February? Who does the who does the sound design? Uh Isa Yazdezade. <laughs> You're gonna ask me to pronounce this guy's name again. Michael will laugh. I had because we uh we record the credits. Uh every there's thirteen episodes and thirteen people in the cast and crew, so everyone oh, okay. record recorded one uh the, the credits for one episode and Isa's last name destroys me every time i have to say it but he's an amazing guy he's super super smart awesome one of those people that i can go to and i'm like help right, why does right. this sound bad help yeah, me there's i is it i guess it's i don't know i don't know if you would know if it's foley or i guess um sound library stuff you see this way chef michael on the show <laughs> on your podcast okay okay uh, i think i would guess it's a lot of sound library stuff mm. um we also have like a we have a composer one of the voice actors also does the music yeah. for the show but i don't Which know about like the effects rocking. i don't know where they didn't expect that at all <laughs> i know odd is so talented that guy is insane odd andrews shout out I'll Andrews. just, I'm going to plug every person. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the whole cast, the whole cast and crew are so good. Oh, okay. uh, Michael of, said it's mainly, yeah, mainly sound, sound library. library. Produces a lot of the uh, own sounds as well, which is great. Um, I remember <clears throat> my, my, um, I guess college course was a course called commercial music, but it basically incorporated a lot of different stuff. Like it was a really broad course and I had to do some like sound library sort of sound design um for that project and i remember doing a fable legends trailer which um cool. sort of an ongoing meme at this point in in my personal life is that i love fable and i'm really excited for a new fable game to come out and i remember working on that project and learning at the time or shortly after that it fable legends got cancelled and i was heartbroken um oh. it wasn't it wasn't serious or anything it was basically just our tutors gave us like some here's a few different videos go you know make sound design to it but yeah like that whole process is actually a lot of fun um managing to i guess take i, I imagine it's completely different with an audio only thing that's actually something I hadn't considered. Because when you're putting it to video, you can see like an arrow hitting a target and like, oh, that, you've got, you get that sound just right <laughs> when you layer so many different things. But when you're doing it with a, an audio only production, that actually sounds pretty intimidating. Because I, yeah, you, you got to kind of picture the scene and kind of put, you know, a lot of like footsteps and sword clashes and everything to it without being able to actually see what's going on, which is a unique challenge, I, I can only imagine. Um, yeah again it would be a good conversation to have with michael yeah. but yeah and exactly. the number of times that he's reached out to me for pickups where he's like i realized that no one actually says oh shit it's a ghost 
uh, we, we just need a line so that the audio only people know that we're fighting ghosts right now because I, I didn't write it originally. Oh my god. <laughs> like, because there is like a visual component to Storm Chasers right. as well. Um, and so uh, we have a lot of like really amazing art um, that show, shows you a little bit better like what, uh, you know, the what's actually happening, what we're actually fighting. But yeah, we, uh, oh, the, shit, audio, it's the audio only people. <laughs> yeah, um, having... <clears throat> having this as a as an example like my focus for this is the audio only side so whenever i i've had two guests now that had like you know uh, i guess like a show and tell type thing with stuff and i've just had to basically put the things on instagram and be like if you're listening to the audio only this is what we looked at today because uh we had a geologist on who showcased a wide range of minerals that were all uh, amazing actually rocks are crazy and then um <laughs> the the uh last guy we had on um a rhine out of be subtle uh showed his his infinity bottle which is a whiskey bottle that you put the last dregs of like every whiskey you drink go into like a, of a bottle like the last sip go into the infinity uh -huh. bottle and so it becomes this weird amalgamation of all these different whiskeys and so yeah um dealing dealing with the visual side of the audio only stuff is is it a unique challenge mm -hmm. um but i actually didn't know there was a visual a visual uh side to storm chases so i guess Ooh. i'm a fake fan because i've been listening to the audio only um <laughs> and just thinking wow how how do they do it how do they do this immersive <laughs> sound design well that's great great to hear mm. um you know you listen to it however whatever works best for you yeah, of course, is the of way to listen to it but there is some very beautiful art i'm I, the, i'm surprised as well because uh, like you said it was it's uh, 13 episodes and you recorded it all like in i guess well i mean there's post-production and stuff because i'm my my personal schedule i'm so used to doing things like like how i do this where it's you know, if I'm if I have something coming out weekly, then you I'll record it weekly. <laughs> Which, mm. as the weather gets hotter, I am regretting by the minute because I remember toying with the idea early on of being like, what if I pre-recorded like five episodes while it's still only fifteen degrees outside, and then release them weekly? But I don't know. Here we are today because I just I'm not that organized. I, I it is what it is. Um, but you yeah, know, we no, started it... recording for Storm Chasers October 2020, I think. Oh my God. We started recording ages ago. Um, and it was like, just, it was really slow at the beginning. It took us a, a hot second to like, kind of like get our legs underneath us yeah. and figure out exactly like the whole process and what we were doing. Um, yeah. So the, like the second half of the season, I think we recorded more regularly every other week. Yes, it was every other week because on the off off weeks, we would get the new scripts and it was so exciting. <laughs> the <laughs> cast would get the script the week before and we'd all be like, drop everything, read the latest script. Tell us a little bit about your character. It's, uh, it's Jackie, oh, right? Jackie Brightwood. There yeah. Yeah. She is um a captain that certainly wasn't mutinied. Um, so she, yeah, so she was the captain. Uh, yeah, when we first meet her in episode one, she's re recently been mutinied, kicked off her ship, um, and she's uh, an angry, self-righteous lady. She's ready to take her ship back, um, but the only way she can really figure out how to do it is to join in this, you know, like kind of like government crew. And she just got to she's got to get out. She's got to make some money so she can work back to 
taking over that shit from the faithless dogs who screwed her over and took her shit from her. And so she ends up on this crew with a, a whole fun cast and crew of characters like Dodds and Quinn. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how much to spoil. I can't spoil very much. Well, but, yeah, don't. No, just, you know. You know. Enough for the lowdown. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun little story. A, a swashbuckling, um, well, a swashbuckler rogue, I guess, but swashbuckling mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah, she's a yeah. She uses like two like rapier type swords, and she's a yeah. She's a tough lady. She's um, you know, maybe a little bit hard headed, rude, and you know, but she comes around she a little wonder, bit. <laughs> I wonder why she got mutinied. Uh, I um, I, probably because she was just a really good captain. <laughs> they were just, they were really jealous. She was too good. Too good, and they had to kick her out. They were all green with envy. I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, <clears throat> is there gonna be a season two? I mean, are we. Uh... If I can ask Michael. Oh. Look, we're here. We're all here for this. I, yeah. Like I said, this this cast it loves this show so much. Mm. Um, Michael did pay us to do season one. Thank you, Michael. Um, I do it for free. I do season two for free. Don't say that. <laughs> I love this you're just, show. You're shooting yourself in your foot right now. No, he knows this. We've talked about this before. Mm. The whole cast is like, just give us a script, Michael. <laughs> there will, there be, will a se- be a season Ooh, two. You hear it here first. Have you told the rest of the group the that? The reveal. Holy shit. Have you started writing? <laughs> Tell me more. I want to know. Wait, you do it for free? Uh, see, now, now you've done <laughs> No, no, it's fine. He knows. Oh, uh, no, it's a it's such a good group. I, I, I miss working with them. But like, they're people I still talk to. Like, our Discord channel is like popping. We talk there all the time. That whole group, even though we haven't recorded together in forever. I mean, yeah, they're, all, they're like they're the best now, people. Like well, yeah, and they're the best people to talk to about like voice acting stuff. Like the amount of times that I've been like. I have this casting call and I don't know what they're trying to describe in the voice quality. Someone help me figure this out. Are they all active voice actors? Oh, well, I guess so. They all respond to the casting call. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. What am I thinking? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah in, so in my there's... head, it was like, oh, I'm you know, a group of friends and I'm sure like Michael pulled you all together. But no, it was a casting call. I'm sure you're, yeah. All... No, I didn't know any of them yeah. before we started this. Yeah. So, a Reddit casting call is what brought it all together. I've seen, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen some Reddit casting calls that I've kind of been interested in. I'm just too, I'm too intimidated by the whole thing. I don't know why. Like, I think what now because oh, you get into a routine. I'm, you've been doing it for a long time now, so you know it, it's second nature. Uh, but I don't know. I'm very bad at committing to things that I don't succeed at very quickly. Mm. So it's just, which is a flaw. Okay. No, I hear you. But I know that. Yeah, it's one of those things. that's like. On a whim, I was very motivated for a short amount of time, and I probably submitted like five auditions or something, and then just mm. just peed it out. But you know, I mean, I think I think the story goes for pretty much every or the majority of people. You'll, I mean, how many how many auditions did you even submit before you got a call back? Right, like that's tons. Exactly. And I- well, and that's, like, a big part of it is, like, you you can be the best voice actor in the world. Like, even, like, like a good, like, uh, audition to booking rate is, like, 5%. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's great. You know, you will not book most of them. Because <laughs> like you said, there's there any could be a number billion reasons. reasons. Yeah. That, that they don't take it. You might have submitted it. Yeah. You know, you might have been the 112th person to submit an audition and they never even got to listening to it. So you don't even mm -hmm. know if it's a critique of, of your performance or not. Like, there's just no way of knowing. And I think, yeah, I, as someone who's quite self-critical, five five auditions submitted, didn't hear anything? Wow, I must oh suck at God. this, you know? No, um, that's just, that's what it is. Because, yeah, I, I remember seeing, like, there was a sci-fi horror podcast type thing as well. And that, that was something that really interested me. And I did, I submitted an audition for that and was really hopeful for whatever reason. I was hopeful. That's, that's the biggest enemy mm. is hope. No. Yeah. So there's this, a uh, common phrase called send and forget. Yeah. And that's what it is. You do, you put your heart into it. You love it. You send it. And then you forget that you ever did it. Have you ever and got then, a call uh, back if they reach and being like, wait, what was this project again? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes they take forever to get back to you as well. It's like sometimes it's like 3 months later and they're like, "Oh, we really liked your audition." And you're like, "Who? Who? What? Who are you? What are yeah. we talking about?" <laughs> and you're like scrolling back through your emails and you're like, "When did we ever talk before?" Um, uh, well, and it's so funny. Like like, you know, like I said, I have been doing this a while and I've done a lot of coaching, um a lot of training and stuff, and you know, you think you get to know like decently well like what you're doing you know good and what isn't good and stuff um but even just the other day like i i auditioned for the, the, a pilot for a, an animated show and i auditioned for like the main character and they reached back out to me and they were like oh we want you to do a callback for that main character also could you maybe try doing like these two other characters as well and i said yes without ever reading the scripts uh because you know uh, a desperate actor i'm like I, right. yes of course i'll do whatever you want yeah uh but then i read the script for one of them and it was like a young british boy and it's, I don't think I've ever, I could do British, I can do boy, trying to combine them. It might have been the first time I've ever tried to do it. It was just like my mouth didn't, <laughs> wasn't doing the thing. And I was struggling so much to like do British and boy at the same time. And I was on vacation when this came in. So I had like an hour in my hotel room by myself to do this. And I was just like, I did something and I was like, this is so bad. I can't even submit this. It's so bad. But I, you, I was just like, no. You, you told them you would do it. <laughs> so I, I submitted the thing and I was like, don't, don't ever talk to me again. This is the last time I'll ever speak to these people. But then a couple weeks later, they reached out to me again and they were like, we really liked your audition for that little British boy. Will you do this other audition that is also a little British boy? And I was like, so you never know. Who knows? I don't know. So who knows what will resonate with people? As a, as a British person, <laughs> don't, don't ever listen to it please don't ever listen to it well it, what's funny is that i so often get mistaken for not being british which i mm. find bizarre right how um, what i don't know i don't know i have asked every person who has ever wondered i've been like how do you not i don't know it but it happens to me a lot and um I love doing accents. When I was in mm. when I was in um, high school, when I actually did drama, yeah, I my like final performance piece, just so that I could squeeze out as many marks as possible because my written work was trash. I did like four different accents just to, to hope that that gave me extra extra credit. Because um, I I feel like 
kind of I, I'm kind of blessed with a very neutral accent, and I feel like I can just kind of do all sorts with it. But the number of times that you hear American people try to do British accents, or or Canadian people, we'll say, you know, sure. North American oh, people. Oh, put us in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty painful. I feel like I I oh, need sure. to hear it. No, you don't. Uh, especially not now. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I. I don't do accents normally really yeah. at all. It's one of those things where I'm like, I think if you, if you were like going to do an accent, you really should like actually know what you're doing and have studied it. And I haven't done that. So, um, I just don't do accents, but again, in this case, they specifically asked me to do it and I had already agreed before I read yeah. the casting call. Document, and they loved so. it. So, and they liked it. <laughs> Wild. I'm sure it's, it's so know. silly. Well, did you did you go back and audition for the other part as well? Yes. Now I don't remember what it was. What this what the next audition I did for them was, but I've talked to them so much in the last month that I'm like, you gotta give me something here. I've done like six auditions for them yeah. in the last month. Like, yeah. come on, you... I haven't heard back from them yet. Well, fingers crossed, I guess. Because I'm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like I said, it's. It... I don't know if it's just tough. I don't know if it's a hard thing for an American to do a British accent, but I feel like when you, even in like the acting world, I feel like there's a lot more British people playing American roles than vice versa. And I don't know, again, that could just be a demand thing because Hollywood is Hollywood. And so you find a lot more British mm. people in Hollywood, but you'd think, I don't know. You'd, you'd think just be British because American people love British accents for whatever reason. Well, British is weird because it's like there's like twelve thousand British accents oh, as yeah. well, right? And ninety percent so of them. I think that's part of the horrible. problem. <laughs> like, I don't think most. I don't think a lot of North Americans realize that, so they're like generic British. But you know, there's like a lot of like yeah, like nuance what, and influence to the different what ones. What does yeah. a generic British accent sound like? Because I feel like to to ninety percent of people, it's like you know, pip pip cheerio. That right. sort of thing. I I even playing Davian, uh, my D and D character, mm -hmm. do some. I, I do an accent that sounds more British than my regular accent. <laughs> uh, Davian talks a bit like this. He sounds like he's a sort of from London a little bit because he's kind of this. He's sort of a city a, a city boy, so it makes sense. And he's a little rough around the edges, but like I feel like that is what every uh, every American person thinks British people sound like across the board a lot of the time. Um, right. And then you, like, show them someone from Liverpool and they don't even know what's being said. <laughs> right. Scouse is nuts. If, if oh, man, I would I would pay to hear you attempt a Scouse accent. That's, that would I be magical. I don't even know what Scouse, Scouse accent is. What people, how people from Liverpool talk. Uh, okay. They are Scousers. Right. So like yeah. in London oh, it's Cockney. In yeah. uh Newcastle it's Geordie. Um in Manchester okay. it's Mancunian and in Liverpool it's Scouse. So oh I guess no, I guess Mancunian and Scouse aren't really good com comparisons because Liverpudlian is the word for someone from Liverpool. Sorry. But the <laughs> accent is Scouse. I don't know. Okay. It's a horrible accent. Rest assured, it's a horrible accent. <laughs> I'll, to, I'll go look it up later. Yeah, no, you absolutely should. Just it's it'll at least be entertaining. But no, I I actually really 
I really dislike a lot of British accents. Um, some bad ones. That's, it might be a, I might be <clears throat> crucifying myself live right now, but it's, there, there are a lot, and a lot of them are awful. Yeah. Uh, one, one good one, actually, that recently got some exposure is the Welsh accent because of Elden Ring. Like, there are so many Elden, uh, so many Welsh characters in Elden Ring for whatever reason. Oh, interesting. Good accent. It, it, it sounds very fantasy, so I guess I guess that's why. But yeah, just a weird weird one that got spotlighted recently. I live in Wales, but I'm not Welsh, so. Okay. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, one interesting accent to me is the Canadian accent, which in a lot oh of cases is not particularly God. strong. But I saw this TikTok of a guy from Nova Scotia who, no, it might have been Labrador who sounded okay. straight up Irish. It, it, right. It was bizarre. I, I was going to say the Newfie accent uh, is a, that's a thing mm. too. That's like the, yeah, the Newfoundland, Newfoundland Labrador, the maritime accent is yeah. a, that's a, that's a thing out there. <laughs> um, but it's a thing here too. So I don't, you know, you know, there's like the, the Gen M accent, the general American accent. Yeah. And I generally am like, I got it. I can do the Gen M accent. Sure. Every once in a while, someone points something out to me. I'm talking to my American friends and they're like, why do you say that word like that? Yeah. And there are like little Canadianisms. The sort of the owls, I think, are one of the big ones. Um, and it sucks, actually, Oat. as a Canadian voice actor. Oot. Oot and a boot. A boat. Uh, <laughs> about about yeah it's like a canadian and i say it yeah this is the one that came up other day dragon oh that dragon. is weird though. that <laughs> Dra is weird what <laughs> what's happening because Dra I, I don't even know I, i'm sorry i'm really stressed about this one because i that was not one of the words that i thought i had an accent for uh, yeah that's um, a, a word i didn't think most people had an accent for to be honest no it was just again in our in our like storm chasers discord server the other day odd comes out of the blue calls me out and is like by the way i love the way dallas says dragon and i was like what are you talking about but he said i say it like d-r-a-y-g-u-n and i think yeah, they I were that. saying it's like drag in drag drag in is the like i-n instead of u-n i don't know there's definitely I think a is what they there. want there's definitely a y Dragon. Yeah. Is that better, Michael? Drag. No, that was straight dragon. up dragon. <laughs> Is that what I, I don't want to put you saying? on blast. I don't want to put you on blast. I'm sorry. Um, dragon. But I, I hear it too. I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely hear it. Uh, no, why? Drag. Oh, oh, I see. You're saying drag. <laughs> drag. 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 Yeah, there you drag. go. Drag. Sure. Dragon. Yeah. Is that what you're supposed to say? That's not how that word is said. <laughs> my uh, <laughs> huh. my partner's from the Fuck. south of the United States, and uh, they have what's called a pin-pen merger, which okay. is where the the vowel in the word pen and the word pin sound identical. Okay, yeah. And the number of times that that is trip me up at this point is it's bizarre accents are bizarre in general but yeah dragon. I just, well i'm feeling way worse now that denny's saying i say it weird as well because i thought it was a canadian thing and i was gonna say i feel like like 
Canadians don't hear the Canadian accent. Americans hear it, but I don't, like, I will say things and people will be like, you're saying it differently. And I'm like, I'm not, we're saying the same word. Uh, so that's like, a, that's a real struggle of a, being a Canadian voice actor is <laughs> trying to figure out how to say this the American way because the Americans always want it their way. That's the American way. Oh yeah. Yeah. No dragons here. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> but no, there, there's there's definitely some, I don't know, interesting subtleties, especially, I don't know, like the, I feel like the Canadian accents that you hear like stereotyped, you never hear in real life or very rarely where it's like, you know, yeah, a freaking a boot and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but you know, funnily enough, JJ McCulloch, the that YouTuber I watched, he has a pretty strong uh oot. Like oot, properly a boot. And which I didn't even think was real. It seems like it would be a myth. because uh, I've known Canadians that sort of said a boat or coach, sitting on the coach. But I never knew right. people really went as far to hit that a boot that hard. Um or the dragon, actually. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting <laughs> one. Maybe that's just me though. That no, might not I be think a it Canadian might be. thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's kind of more like East Coasty, uh, Newfie people that have that, that like more Canadian yeah. accent is more of a Newfie. And it just gets like blasted out of proportion because it's much more entertaining than like a little, Our... a little subtly different <laughs> to the, like you said, the general American accent. That's less entertaining than someone who, right. oh shit, what's that song? Um, just out for a rip. I can't remember who it's by. You don't know the song? Oh my god. It's like, I'm gonna have to riff off some lyrics now just to really send home how Canadian it is. It's like, uh, I'm from the great white north, like up above the states, the big white landmass uh -huh. that the rest of the world hates or some shit. And it's like, oh, if the Leafs right. don't make the playoffs, I'll jump in the lake and all this shit. Anyway, it's super like stereotypical Canadian. Sounds Canadian. The whole thing. It's great, yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you an ice hockey fan by any chance? No, not particularly. Like uh, my my family, my fiance is. I people recently are, people around me very much are. I got dragged into watching the Colorado Avalanche play the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning, whatever the fuck, in the Stanley Cup. I don't know. I have no mm -hmm. interest in ice hockey, but no, there you go. That's about as close as I've ever come. <laughs> um, that was good. Good information. Good knowledge. Well, yeah, I mean, I watched the final, like, uh, great. But I could I actually, I could name other teams, but only because, one, the Mighty Ducks, two, there was this really shitty NHL game on GameCube that I played for a while. So I'm probably, I've probably got <laughs> a few, go. like, lodged in there. The um, old ones. Yeah. Half of them aren't teams anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto oh, Maple Leafs, right? There. Like, that's. There you go. Yeah. Um, something the only sport i follow is baseball right oh, and cool. uh, okay. a little beef that i actually have with you canadians up there um so the blue yeah. jays is the only canadian mlb team and so that mm -hmm. means when it comes to this time of year when it comes to the all-star voting all Canadians vote for the Blue Jays, whereas Americans are all divided, which means that there are two Blue Jays on the All-Star team this year. I'm just I'm just saying it's a little it's a little unfair. We need to bring well, back there's, we we only have like was. a tenth of the population 
of right. America as but well, though. So there's a lot of <laughs> all the Canadian votes are still not that states, many. You know? There's a lot of teams sprouted across the state. So to have the whole country rooting for one team, kind of messed up. Not to say they don't deserve small star spots, but come on, guys. I mean, be fair. It's the same thing with us in uh, basketball. There's one Canadian basketball team. Who's the Canadian or basketball one, team? One. The Raptors. Oh, Raptors. right. Oh, okay. Yeah, we won, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago. We won the prize. Uh -oh. Yeah, I don't know. We gotta stop talking about, about basketball. Let's, let's just move away from sports. Um, yeah, we we roll dice. We don't fucking. Yeah, it's, that's the, my biggest sport. It's yeah. the sport I know. Oh man, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yo, yeah, the Raptors. You know, they won the thing that <clears throat> that one that, time. Um, Couple. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so okay. It's a cup. Keeping it. What is, what is it called? What is the basketball thing called? I'm gonna lose my mind. The World Series is the baseball, and then the Stanley mm -hmm. Cup, and then the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and then there's the other one. The basket, the golden basketball. That's what it's called. <laughs> the golden hoop. Oh. Gray cup. Gray cup. No, that's. I think that's Canadian football's Grey Cup. I think that's CFL. I'll look it up. Okay, thank God. Someone's on the case. <laughs> Thanks, Teddy. Before we really embarrass ourselves. Um, yeah. But it's okay. The, the chat doesn't know either, though. Yeah, so right. It's I not mean, just us. We, we, <laughs> I know my demographic, and it sure as hell is not basketball fans. So yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone's too mad <laughs> about it. Um, all right. Big question. Okay. Yeah. What is the deal with Putin? Putin, okay, what? how could you not be into poutine? You take fries, you put the best, most squeaky cheese on top of it, and then you cover it in gravy. But it's not the best squeaky cheese, right? It's cheese curds. The best squeaky Which cheese. Which doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good to me. Cheese curds? Mm. Well, then don't call them cheese curds. But that's what they are. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just cheese. I want, it's so good, I, I and they lie. melt, and then you bite into them, and they go. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, how you know uh, it's good poutine. If your cheese makes little noises when you bite it, that's good poutine. Shit. There is a there is a cheese. There is a squeaky cheese that you can grill. Uh, I don't remember. I think what it's you called. can grill most cheeses. Oh yeah, but no, it, it's like really squeaky and rubbery, and you like put it on kebab skewers and it doesn't melt because it's so rubbery but i don't like remember halloumi? what it's called man uh, my brain is a f oh, yes halloumi yes halloumi? right is it like halloumi uh no. no actually i don't know is it mozzarella i actually don't no, know no it is halloumi. Def definitely halloumi. Uh, sorry i oh, meant you mean on, that goes on 15 all i, I know is that it's, know all i've heard is cheese cards every single time yeah what type of cheese is it though I'll look this one up. I wasn't gonna look up the NBA, but Americans who uh, disrespect oh, cheddar cheese curds. It. Oh, it's cheddar cheese curds. Sharp cheese. Yeah, but it's gotta be white. It has to be white. I have seen people make poutine with like yellow cheese. What like American cheese? Nightmare. I've been um, to America recently, and my god, those people have no idea what cheese is. So. No, oh, or melted, melted mozzarella cheese. Actually, boy, I don't know. 
You, it, the funny. There's a lot the of answers is, here. I don't know what they are. The funny thing is about about because it's is it it's big Boot. fries, right? Like it's it's not just it's not French fries. Am I right? No, they're French fries. Oh shit. Because when I picture they're it, they're so I pic good. It's the. I've had too many too much chips and gravy, which is a thing in the UK. But when you get fish and chips in the UK, the chips that we have are very different. They they aren't skinny French fries. They're like fat kind of soggy I don't even know how to explain British chips but they are not what you would know as french fries they are the hmm. usually the farthest thing from crispy that you could possibly imagine oh okay yeah I don't know how I don't know how to explain it so they're like steak fries I think steak cut fries is, okay. is that a thing uh, I don't, they're just like thicker fries. Yeah, right. They're thick. They're okay. fat and they're thick, but they're like floppy and kind of soggy. But then, you, yeah, you cover them in gravy and it's a blast. That's um, not like, like wedges because they're not skin on no. or anything. They're just uh, soggy wedges. Ugh. British cuisine is You're not, not selling me on it's this. It's not renowned for its <laughs> finesse or anything like that, but it's good soul food, okay? Some nice soggy chips covered in gravy. Uh, salt like, or you could get like nice, and... like, cr ew. you can get like nice crispy fries. Throw some cheese curds on there and some gravy, and then you're talking. What? Are, what are some? I don't know. Lesser known Canadian cuisine uh, specialties. I, I was. I don't think there are really that many. There is one I can think of though. Um, we used to do this when I was in like elementary school. Uh, and I don't know if the food itself is called cabana sucre, but or if that's the the place you go because it means sugar cabin in French. Right. But it's it's a French Canadian thing. Um, and what you do is you get uh, uh, snow because we're in Canada, right? And you pack the snow down into like a, a brick, and then you take uh, maple syrup. Uh, and you pour maple syrup into strips on the snow and then you stick a popsicle stick in it and the maple syrup will, so you have to like boil the maple syrup and you put it on here and the maple syrup will like cool down and then you can roll it around your popsicle sticks and you make like your little oh, homemade like little maple syrup popsicles. With just like snow from... You have to use snow. You have to take the snow and pack it down <laughs> and put the maple syrup on it. Snow and maple syrup. That's, that's yeah. pretty iconic. I mean... I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that, but I feel like everyone would love to hear about the Canadian snow and maple syrup <laughs> treat. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, okay. I don't know if that's actually what it's called. The Cabana Sucre. I don't know. That's what we call it. And you're sure it's not like a unique regional thing or. <laughs> I, well, it's certainly a Quebecois thing. Right. Okay. Uh, but we did it, like, I think I was like in Alberta when we used to do it. So it makes its way across the country. I don't I don't know if people really do that or if it's just like a thing you do with kids. Well, I mean, they still do it, right? I mean, uh, like, just it might not be you're not going to go to a freaking street food <laughs> vendor and be like, oh, you you can you roll up some snow and like pour maple syrup on me on, on, me, on it. But like you might. I mean, why not just have a, it's like a snow cone? I feel like snow from the ground is not. Yeah, that is certainly questionable. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to find the fresh. Well, but here's the thing is in Canada, it snows every day for quite a while. Yeah, so you've got nice yeah. fresh snow to work right, with. Right, but I mean. You just got to get out there early. It still came from Put the sky. Put your baking sheet out there overnight. Well, what's wrong with that? It's clean. It's from the sky. 
Okay. Okay. I'll put my hands up. Denny on this pointed one. out Beaver Tails. Beaver yes. Tails is another good Canadian is a one. Uh, it's just like a pastry, and then you put shit on top of it, and you put like Nutella and sh- powdered sugar and Smarties or whatever on top of it. Jesus, like that sounds like intense pancakes, but pastry. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a pastry. It's like a thicker. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's like deep fried. Yeah, Michael I've said, never paid for it. Do you buy it like a restaurant gets snowed over the ground and charges people money for it? And I hope not. What I was saying is, no, you, I've never. Because basically, Dallas said, I don't know if it's a thing or if it's just something you do with kids. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm sure if you do it with kids, it is a thing. But I guess you wouldn't get it from a restaurant. So does that mean it's not a thing? Like I don't know, like a yeah. I don't thing. know if you could just. I don't know if you could go out and buy it. Yeah, that's, that's I, I hope not. I well, that's unless so it was Canadian. like a snow cone machine, because I don't think you could get away with scraping up it, fresh snow or not. Okay, like I don't, you can't count. <laughs> not to not to ruin this tradition or put anyone off eating snow. <laughs> you really can't account for what's in the snow when it comes from the sky. Okay, like how much? Have you had an acid? How rain? much more natural could you get? <laughs> I, okay, yeah, uh, that's fair. Oh my god. <clears throat> okay, I'm I'm gonna say that I think how long have we been going? Jesus. Like an hour and a half. Um yeah. I mean I think as far as at least questions about voice acting, I'm I'm satisfied. So I just wanna say thank you so much for coming on. Okay. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Um, this was very fun. As as I as I tend to do, because this show is supported by Patreon, uh if you don't mind hanging out for like another like 20 minutes or something so we have a little extra for the for the patreon subscribers and stuff that'd be great uh Ooh. but yeah for now i guess um for everyone listening thank you so much uh anyone watching live will will still be live that's part of the the pro of the live experience but oh, so uh, fancy yeah thanks so much for coming on and we'll i will have to talk to michael about having him on so look forward to that And yeah, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Bye! Duke Things is supported primarily on Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash sirduke33.